are the Rookie Phenoms. We have an amazing show for you today. I'm your host, Coop, with my main man, Webb. What up, people? What's up? We, we have so much to get into today. A gigantic trade has happened in the NFL. The NBA playoffs are crazy. And I have to begin the show with an apology. I was wrong about something. And I need the listeners to know how sorry I am. I, I said for a long time that Devin Booker wasn't a top 15 player. And after he beat the brakes off the Los Angeles Lakers, I admit I was wrong about that. He's definitely the best player in basketball. Either that or the Lakers are hot garbage. I can't tell which because on Thursday night, the Los Angeles Lakers, the the champs, the pres- presumptive champions of this year's NBA season were eliminated. Somebody on this show, I cannot remember who, but there was a guarantee twice that the Lakers were going to win game five and game six. Webb, do you remember the score in game five or game six? I can't remember what the score was. Do you remember? No. So in game six, it was 113 to 100, but it was like 113 to 60 realistically. So how you doing, buddy? Your team was pathetic. How you feeling right now? Let's just say I'm glad we're recording today, Monday, rather than Thursday or Friday. I asked to do a show with you Thursday night after the Lakers game. I was not so politely declined. I called Webb at 1.11 in the morning, which he just reminded me of. And he did not call me back until six minutes ago. So that's where we are in this friendship right now. You deserved it. I shouldn't have even called you six minutes ago. So Webb, you're also a Leafs fan. And they also got embarrassed in amazing fashion. They were up 3-1 lost the series to Montreal. Are you just bad luck? What's going on with you? See, being a Leafs fan, you expect this stuff. You're up 3-1, you never... It won't surprise you that they blow that. Being a Laker fan, like a diehard Laker fan, I was crushed. It was was terrible, and we started the game out really badly. I think it was 45-18 to at one point. I remember it being 36-14 at one point. It was it was bad. And Phoenix came out like gangbusters. Devin Booker, the guy you said who is absolutely not top 15. I think he had 22 points in the first quarter, which was more than the entire Lakers uh, combined for the first quarter. Is that bad? I can't remember. Is that a bad thing, the Lakers? It's not ideal in my mind. <laughs> um, it was tough, man. That was it was tough. It was it was really tough. I was in very low spirits questioning things i it was bad it was bad coop is laughing right now but i'm i'm being very serious it was bad i was at a a, a, i was in a really low place that that makes me sad because i care about your mental health and well-being that's sad i just want to say for the record i made a substantial bet on the toronto maple leafs losing game seven and i was rewarded very nicely which was i have not watched a single hockey game this year I just know Toronto was terrible and they would choke in the biggest moments. And that's basically how I felt about the Lakers also. Uh, Dennis Schroeder turned down $80 million, Webb, this off this season. Why did he do that? He wanted to bet on himself. And it doesn't help when Magic Johnson comes out publicly and says, I don't think you're a Laker. Uh, and you also kind of stink up the first round. Magic so, said that? Yeah, Magic Johnson actually said that on uh, on, on the radio last week. That is chef's kiss perfect. That's amazing. Yeah. 
he, he came out and said he doesn't think Schroeder has a winning mentality, winning attitude to be a Laker. And he said, then he said, if the Lakers resign Schroeder, well, I'll support him, but I actually don't really feel that he's a real Laker. So it was kind of like a backhanded compliment. There was no compliment there. That was just a backhand, for being honest. (laughs) He also said uh, that Game 5 is the most important part of any series. And then he said because two games were playing a Game 5, that he was clearly correct. And my mind exploded at that logic. It was was impressive. It was a murder-level logic, which was nice to see. Yeah, it was... It was bad. Uh, I truly believed, I guaranteed that the Lakers would come back. And, you know, it felt like the Lakers were coming back in that game six. It was, there was hope. There was hope. They, 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 every time I just wanted them to just cut it down to, to 20, to 15. And then the closest they got to really was 10 in the fourth. And I thought, I thought they were going to do it. And, you know, shout out to Anthony Davis for, playing clearly he was not in the best physical shape to do so but um he tried and he played a few minutes within the first couple seconds he was grimacing and you know shout out to him i mean this is my opinion i think it was actually worse for the lakers that he played a little bit than if they knew he wasn't going to play at all i think they had the game plan ready that he was going to play and then when he was taken off with the injury it kind of threw everything off I think it would have been better for the Lakers if he had not played at all, rested, and they just went with a different strategy in the game. I don't blame AD for playing. Obviously, he wants to try, but groin injuries don't heal in three days. I get that he's a competitor, but I would have I would have not played him and seen what I could have done. It definitely was like a sobering sort of thing to happen. I get what you're saying. Like, AD's there, the energy's high, you're back at home, and then he just... Couldn't even walk off to the bench. He had to sit down on the ground. Like, it definitely, I'm sure, puts a damper on the entire team. And then it's kind of like, what do we do now? LeBron just, he's too old to put the team on his shoulders against Phoenix. Uh, it's, it's too much for him to do that. And other than that, Kuz was just not, not, in, not there for that night. And the, I, I've been saying for years, the Lakers outside shooting is atrocious. But they always had like other things to complement that that disadvantage, that hole, that weakness. But uh, they didn't have that this year, and it was just it was just a really bad year, and a lot of injuries. And you know, Lakers were up two one when AD was was healthy, and then game four he was out at the half, and it changed the the series. The, the tide uh, turned. So Webb, I feel very bad for you. I am one of your closest friends and I just want, I feel your pain and I'm sorry this happened to you. No, you don't. Psych. <laughs> I, I don't feel bad. I think you had this coming. You have attacked the Philadelphia Eagles fans for years because they were so confident after they won the Super Bowl. I did. You were doubly confident over the Lakers title that happened in a bubble that has a huge asterisk. And, uh, coming home to roost buddy it's, it's what happens it's what happens you lose in the first round like some losers that's what happens that's not the stat that i want to share with the other teams that this happened to not at all how i thought it was going to go down but just wasn't in the cards this year this is me like four days later coming to to this very mature realization because i wasn't feeling like this that night or the friday i know 
I know. That's why I didn't message you after the phone call on Thursday. I gave you some space because I'm a gentleman. You value your life. That's why you did it. Let's move on to the other team in LA, the team that aren't losers. The Los Angeles Clippers played a game seven yesterday. They beat the Dallas Mavericks 126 to 111. It was the first game in this series where the home team won. Kawhi Leonard played out of his mind, get 28, 10, and 9, played amazing defense. Luka Doncic had an amazing game, 46, 7, and 14. It was not enough because he plays for the Dallas Mavericks. Webb, how does it feel to be the little brother in LA right now? Come on, you're being ridiculous. Um, The Lakers will always be big brother. Took the Clippers seven games and like, the last couple minutes to really seal it before they beat Dallas. Clippers ain't a damn thing until they win something. I agree. I think the Clippers have a good shot of making it out of the West now. I'm not saying they will. I think they have a good shot of it, though. I am furious at Dallas, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Do you think the Clippers have a chance of beating Utah right now? Definitely. I think they match up very well against Utah. If I were Utah, I'd be worried. I do think that they had a much easier series. They've had some rest. The Clippers played a very hard series, seven games. That could come into play this year, this round. I think I'm taking Utah to win in like seven. But if the Clippers won in six, I would not be shocked. I have the Clippers winning in seven. Um, but if Utah wins in seven, I won't be shocked either. I just think sometimes these things are hard to predict. These teams that go seven games are sometimes more prepared in the next round than the teams that got the rest, had the four games, five games. But then other times... The seven games tires some teams out, and the teams that did four against five games are uh, better rested and and have more energy and uh, stamina for a seven-game series. I don't know which one's going to pan out this time. So I agree with you, but I also think that the Clippers have playoff P, and he's just ready for war whenever. He's ready to go. (laughs) So the Clippers are fine. (laughs) Here's my thing with Utah, and and, and it's the sustainability of the the deep ball. I don't know if that's going to hold up an entire playoff uh, for a team. It can. Golden State did it. Other teams have done it. Miami did it. Uh, I think Utah can do it. But with Kawhi and Paul George, Pat Beverly, if he plays, uh, they have some good defenders there. And if they if they shut down Donovan Mitchell, if they shut down Conley, I'm just – I don't know how Utah is going to fare. Like, I think Utah can still eat in the middle with uh, with Gobert, but – I want to see who defends Conley, who defends uh, Donovan Mitchell, who defends Joe Ingles. I want to see how who is Clarkson going to be as prolific as he was. I, I think the Clippers have a real chance here. I'm, I'm going to go with the Clippers, although I'd love to see them lose. So I I agree that the Clippers can play defense. Kawhi proved that in Game Seven. Can they do that for a series though? Like they didn't play defense for five games, so I'm not sure they're able to get up for seven games of solid defense. I think Bojanovic shoot the lights out for Utah. I think Utah has so many shooters. And I'm just, I'm rooting for them because I am petty. And the Clippers beat Dallas. I root for the team that beat Dallas to lose. But who can stop Gobert? The Clippers don't have anybody to do that. I mean, Gobert might stop himself with just cigarette breaks. But I think they have a shot of dominating the inside. And just outlet passing to sh- oh, wide open shooters for three. I think they could. I would not be surprised if they made like 16 threes every game this series. Yeah, and that's that's the strength that Utah has. It's the outside shooting. And then there's the discrepancy inside. Like 
Zubats can't can't handle Gobert. Um, but and 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 the Clippers aren't very deep. Um, Utah has a has a deep team. I'm just I just wonder if they if they're able to neutralize the guards. I'm not really that worried about Bogey. Like Bogey can hit the three, but if they can neutralize the guards, I'll live with Bogey shooting from outside because they don't really have much offense other than those two, uh, Conley and and Spider. I mean, there's Jordan Clarkson, but other than that, I think I might take the Clippers with their experience too. Like if and you're right, they haven't played defense over the entire series. The the Dallas Clippers series was very high scoring, and Utah was sorry, Doncic was going off a lot. Um, so Kawhi needs Kawhi and Paul George really need to zone in and actually play defense for an entire series. But you told me that Luka Doncic is a G League player. So for him to do that against the Clippers is pretty pathetic, right? I never told you this. I mean, text message of the disagree. You're such a liar. Luca's a great player, but I'm not going to say he's like MVP or he's, or, you know, his team is absolute trash. I think there are worse teams than his that were in the playoffs, like the Knicks. I think Tim Hardaway, whatever. I think Tim Hardaway Jr. is a good player. Um, and I think he proved it. He was one of the hottest shooters in the playoffs last round or first round, I should say. Um, and I think he's a very, I think he's a good player. I don't think he should be your second best player. No, but I think he's solid. We're going to get to the, uh, the Mavs other second best player in a second. <laughs> so I got some thoughts about this, but I think I'm hoping Utah wins. I think it's in seven. I think it's gonna be a really fun series. But I think there's going to be some blowouts. I could see Utah winning like two of these games by 30 points. because The Clippers just can't stop them for a game or two. And the problem is the Clippers' home court advantage doesn't mean much to them. They won one home game. You can't do that with Utah. It's, sure. it, it, it's not easy to win on the road in Utah. And it's not easy to keep this. Like these things are not sustainable. Like you think you're going to go down 0-2 to Utah and then, sorry, in Utah and then come back to Staples and win two straight to tie it up. Who knows? Like that's that's really tough. Okay, I want to talk some more basketball, but first I want to talk about Julio Jones being traded. We talked about this a few times, uh, end of May. This trade, I think, is the biggest NFL trade I can remember in like five years. It's gigantic. He's a Hall of Fame player. Julio Jones was traded to the Tennessee Titans. The Falcons got a 2022 second rounder and a 2023 fourth rounder. The Titans got Julio Jones and a sixth rounder back. In 2023, the Titans take on Jones's full salary of $15.3 million. And for the rest of the deal, the Falcons have $7.75 million in dead money. Julio's making $11.5 million for the two seasons after this. So it's $38 million for three. And the Titans are now $10 million over the salary cap. So they have to restructure some contracts or cut some people. Webb. Do you like this trade for Tennessee, for Atlanta, for both, or for neither? I love it for Tennessee because I think it's very low risk, very high reward. They're getting a top three player, Hall of Fame, sorry, top three receiver, Hall of Fame receiver, someone to help uh, take the pressure and the mileage off of Derrick Henry, give Ryan Tannehill another weapon other than A.J. Brown because they lost uh, Johnu Smith and uh, Corey Davis, and can change the offense it's not so run dependent now or it shouldn't be in theory we'll see what happens um i like the atlanta draft pick more uh kyle pitts 
I don't like the trade for Atlanta, but I like the pick for Kyle Pitts a lot more now. And I love Calvin Ridley, so I think we're going to see if he can be a number one. But I definitely would give the edge to Tennessee. Short term and and even long term. They didn't lose that much. They also got a pick in it as well. I hate the deal for Atlanta. I love it for Tennessee. Atlanta knew he wanted out for months, allegedly. So not trading him for a first-round pick to Baltimore like we both thought should have happened was really stupid. There is no way at the end of the draft, Tampa Bay wouldn't have given you a first. Buffalo wouldn't have given you a first. Baltimore had two firsts at 27 and 31. Like someone would have given you this, but you were stubborn and you held on to him. So you traded him for pennies on the dollar a month later. It is terrible business. Tennessee, I think people are hyping this team up a lot right now that they're going to be a contender for the AFC. I don't see that at all. Their defense isn't that good still. They got rid of all of their corners and brought in brand new guys. I just, I think the offense will be dangerous. So Derrick Henry is amazing and no one's denying this, but eventually the wheels are going to fall off. He carries the ball too often and running backs that have his workload do not last. They don't have long careers. That's why I have been against paying any running back. Uh, Webb is usually agreeing with me on that point that you should never give a running back any money at all. Yeah. I just think if Derrick Henry isn't 100% Derrick Henry, I'm not sure how much Julio adding to this offense does for them. So I disagree with you there because I think now you don't need Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry to have 300 plus carries a year. You can shave off like a third of that now. In theory, if Julio can stay healthy for the majority of the year, I think you can do that. I think I, I love this trade. I agree with you that this, this is not like vault Tennessee to the top of the AFC or contenders. I still think they're behind several teams like the Chiefs and the Browns, the Ravens. Um, and I think Atlanta panicked by making this deal. Uh, Albert Breer wrote a pretty good article on uh, Sports Illustrated, the Monday morning quarterback, uh, where he details what led up to this trade. And they definitely should have made this trade with Baltimore before the draft. But when Baltimore got Rashad Bateman, Bateman, they there was no real point in trading for uh, Julio, uh, especially like when he's what ten years, eleven years older than Rashad Bateman. Bateman. Uh, so yeah, they panicked. I, I I think Atlanta should have held out even now that they missed the boat on the first set of first round picks, which would have been a swap. Um. They should have held out. If this was the best they could get at the time, should have held out a little bit longer, man. They, they they panicked very bad for the new GM. If they had waited till someone gets hurt in training camp, they could have got a first. I remember, who was your the Rams quarterback? Sam Bradford. Yeah. He was on some t- Minnesota? Minnesota, yeah. And they traded him for, a, they got a first, they got, they traded away a first to get him because their quarterback got hurt in training camp. He was not worth a first at all. But they were they thought they were a contender. In August, if Odell goes down, or even if Stephon sorry, Diggs. Stephon, yeah, sorry. Or I was thinking of, of the guy on Tennessee, the other guy, AJ Brown. If he got hurt in uh, in August, wouldn't they have offered more for him for Julio? Like yeah. I I think they panicked, man. I don't understand. I don't get why they did this now if this was the deal that they were getting. I think teams are so terrified now. Of players on social media just getting criticized every day that they're making these panic moves they should have just held strong and said julio will trade you 
if we get offers. If we don't, you're here. Like, we have you under contract for three more years at a reasonable number. They definitely panicked. The GM, the head coach, traded him to his old team, which seems like a bad move. You came from Tennessee because Julio was there, and then now you don't have Julio anymore? This seems like a mistake. I don't know, man. It's... uh. I think Atlanta's probably a dumpster fire. I'm not going to lie to you. It's going to be really, really interesting. They still don't have a running back, really, like a, a bell cow running back. Who is their number one running back right now? Uh, it's not Ido Smith, is it? They signed someone the other day. So I they have Corderell Patterson, who isn't a running back. They have Mike Davis, right, Mike who Davis, isn't, isn't terrible. Right. They gave him a gigantic contract of uh, $1.5 million because that's what running backs should get paid. And some guys I've never heard of. So they need some help, man. And I don't know what they're doing. I, I, I do not understand Atlanta's plan. I said before, if you're trading Julio, draft a young quarterback. Apparently, they did not care for anybody besides Trey Lance in this draft. So when he went at three, they were just done. I don't know what their plan is, man. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know. They must be trying to get the number one pick next year, 2022. I don't know. Also, just a side note, Atlanta has a tackle on their team named Willie Beavers, which is amazing. I thought of any given Sunday. So did I. Yeah. <laughs> Jamie Foxx. <laughs> okay. Let's get back into basketball a little bit, Webb. There was some gigantic coaching news in the NBA. I'm going to start with the one I don't really care about. Steve Clifford fired by the Orlando Magic. Well, they said they agreed to separate parts. He was fired. Uh, you predicted this. I did not. Were you happy that a man lost his job? No. Why would I be happy that a man lost his job? It, it, because you're evil. <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't surprised by it. Um, the timing was kind of delayed, it seemed. Orlando Magic's uh, season ended quite a while ago. So I don't know what the delay was for. But uh, we're in the second round now. Uh, but OJ should be fired on Black Monday. Like, season's over on a Sunday. You fire everyone on Monday so they can have the chance to go get new jobs. It's really a disservice when they wait this long because the jobs are filled. Yeah. It's it just... I would be I would be hesitant to take a job in Orlando if this is how they treat their people. It's not a good way to work. Yeah, it's not... just didn't make any sense. Um so he's gone, but there are a number of candidates expected to uh, that that the the Magic are expected to go after. So another coach was fired. Terry Stotts was let go in Portland. They said the same thing. They have agreed to mutually part ways. Damian Lillard came out and said he wanted Jason Kidd to be the coach. Kidd pulled out of the search almost immediately. It was reported today that Damian Lillard will not hold the team hostage and have final say in who the coach should be. Genius move. Disagree. If if Dame picks a coach and the team is trash next year, Dame has can wash his hands of everything. I think if Dame picked the coach, he would be more likely to stay. That's what. I, oh yeah, just, yeah, 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 yeah. I I agree with that. But I mean, in terms of like, so if, okay, if Dame is already thinking that he wants out, at least now he can have a better sort of uh, a better sort of angle with that. If I were Portland, I would have Dame in every meeting. Right. Like, you sit here, tell me who you like, tell me who you don't like. Because whatever you want to do, we're going to do. Right. I would do that if I was Portland too. They have to. They really have to. So an article came out today with the coaches most likely to be hired by Portland. At the top of the list is David Vanterpool. 
He was an assistant from in Portland from 2012 to 2019. Dame and CJ both wanted him to get the head coaching job in Minnesota, where he worked when the coach was fired midseason. He did not get that job. Other names on the list are Mike D'Antoni and Chauncey Billups. Webb, do you think any of these guys would be good fits in Portland? Well, MDA is always successful wherever he goes. Like the offense is one of the highest in the one of the highest clips in the league. So he's not a coach that you necessarily want to build a championship roster, but entertaining regular season um, success. Like he's his team's always competitive. So if that's what you want, I don't know if that's the answer. I don't think so. I don't know about Chauncey Billups' head coach. Chauncey Billups doesn't have any head coaching experience, but um, if if, if Dame and CJ are are, are cool with uh, Vanderpool, which they've come out numerous times and they're very outspoken against the Minnesota um, hiring, then that may be one of the shortlisted candidates. I think Mike D'Antoni is the perfect fit for a team that doesn't play defense. Dame and CJ aren't known as defensive stalwarts. I think that makes a lot of sense. Vanderpool, to me... If you didn't like what Stotts was doing and he was the main assistant, wouldn't it be more of the same? Well, if if Vanderpool is going to be the one that you that your two stars who are still on the team co-sign, then I think you should go with, with him. Like MDA, like Mike D'Antoni, as good as his teams are, he's an offensive genius. You kind of know the ceiling with him. You know well, it's not going to materialize into a championship or even a finals appearance. I agree with you 100%. I think D'Antoni will be fun to watch. They will never win a title. But if you fired Stotts because his offense and his game plans couldn't get out of the first round, will Vanderpool be different if he's coming up under him? Do you know what I mean? Hard to say. I, I, I see what you're saying. I I just think you really have to consult these guys, especially Dame. CJ, you know. Yeah, um, for sure. Take him or leave him, but like. Dame for sure. Uh, they also had talks of Nate McMillan, but I'm pretty sure Atlanta's going to keep him. They definitely oh, yeah. should if they're not stupid. Oh, yeah. Well, then they're not stupid like Indiana, so they won't let him go. Coach Nate, baby. Coach Nate. Okay. <laughs> I want to talk about someone that I truly, truly hate. Christos Porzingis. Uh, he was called the other day. Dirk Noskilsi, which I really enjoyed. Wow. He is unhappy in Dallas and may look for a way out. Over the next three years, he is making 31, 33, and 36 million dollars. Don't blame him for that. Blame Mark Cuban. I, oh, I'm not blaming him. I, I it's not his I take the money too. Yeah, that that was a bad deal that they signed him to when he was still injured. Yeah, it was not smart. And it's gonna be extremely hard to move that contract. So Chris Stapps could want out all he wants. I'm not sure it's going to happen. But I made a list of guys who make nearly the same money. And I want to see if you think Dallas should make these trades. Or if the other team would accept them. I want to see what you think. If the team would do it or if Dallas should do it. Okay. Kevin Love. Similar money. Two years left in the deal. So you get out of it a year early. Not unless Dallas is abysmal. Next season. I would take Kevin Love over Chris Stapps for the next two years. See, the thing is, KP is still more durable than Kevin Love. Kevin Love goes down with a whole host of injuries. At least KP, you know, you have the one lingering. Maybe maybe he has a back issues. Maybe he has knee issues. Kevin Love is everything under the sun. And he's much older. I think Kevin Love would fit better in this offense. He has been a third string guy before. He knows how to shoot the ball. He's not going to complain like a little girl. 
like Kristaps does. I just I hate him so much, Webb. I would take Kevin Love over him 100%. Furious. I Look, I thought this was a bad extension that Mark Cuban gave um, Kevin Love because he hadn't even played a, a minute for Dallas, and he was coming off the ACL injury. Made no sense. But obviously, you're going to take the money. Uh, questionable character with KP. Heard some things about him. Don't know if it's true. Doesn't matter. Um, I mean, it doesn't matter for the terms of whether he's going to be a good player. But, I mean, you love this guy. I don't know how you're against him. You were the biggest KP guy when he was on the Knicks when Phil Jackson took him. Now you're against him. You fair weather fan that you always call me. No, no, no. Unicorn. I am able to change my opinion when something happens. And he is oh, incapable no. of playing good basketball on this Dallas Mavericks team. I watched him and it blew my mind how bad he was. How was boy how is Boban better at center than you are? How is that how is that a thing? He doesn't want to play by the basket. He wants to be on the perimeter like a guard. He's, He's seven, seven three. foot three. Yeah, exactly. That's my point. Yeah. It's infuriating. So it, if you were if you were Cleveland, would you take have it, would you take this make the deal? Oh yeah. Okay. If I'm Cleveland, hell yeah. Definitely. Okay. Okay. I got some more names here for you. Because I was no- no one's ever signing to Cleveland, so it doesn't make sense to have the cap space. Really? You're just going to blow it on a bunch of low-level talent players? And if you can get KP and he's still really good, take him. Uh, he's not really good, but okay. I made a list this afternoon because I was furious about this Dallas loss. Andrew Wiggins, two years left in the deal if you're Golden State. Clay's coming back. Would you make that deal if you're Golden State? Would you make it if you were Dallas? Not doing it if it's Golden State. Would I trade Wiggins for KP? I think Wiggins would be better on Dallas, but not way better. Uh, how old is Wiggins? 25? Wiggins is 26. 26, Jesus. He is what he is. Um, I don't make the trade. The, okay. the, the, the difference in fit or uh, performance, I don't think would be that great to get wins. So I wouldn't do that. Okay. CJ McCollum and Dallas throws in a first. Three years left in the deal. Same money. I'd definitely do it if I was Dallas. I, I'm not doing that if I'm Portland. Okay. Al Horford, two years left for Oklahoma City. Mm, no, neither. Okay. D'Angelo Russell, two years left in Minnesota. Neither. Towns, three years left in Minnesota, and Dallas gives a first. Definitely do it if I'm Dallas. Would not Minnesota? Do no. Okay. Kemba Walker, two years left in Boston. Nah. Oh, I sorry. I'd do it if I'm Dallas. Uh, no, I don't do it either. Neither. They both can't stay healthy, and Kemba's like 30 already. And my last one, DeMar DeRozan in a sign-in trade from San Antonio. Yeah, I'd probably do it if I'm Dallas, I just don't know if DeRozan's going to be any happier than KP. Okay, so basically what you're telling me here is that KP is stuck in Dallas for the next three years. And I'm going to hate watching basketball for the next three years. I wouldn't say that, but I think he's def- definitely there next year. Um, I think it's too early to give up on the, the the pairing. I love how I read in an article, I think Tim McMahon wrote it for ESPN. <laughs> that It said, the two are admittedly not friends. <laughs> I was like, "What beef do these guys have?" I didn't know they weren't they weren't like buddies. Like I thought they were. I mean, I think everyone assumes because they're both 
European uh, Europeans came to Dallas that they're going to be buddies. But I thought they were fine with each other. It sounds like they don't like each other at all. Is Slovenia and Lithuania like an- enemies? I did not know about this either. This is weird. No idea about any relations between those two countries. So Luca's dad played professional basketball in Europe. I think two of um, KP's brothers also played professional in Europe. Maybe right. they have some kind of beef from that back in the day. Isn't KP's brother his, his agent or his, or, or his manager or something? I think it is. But the other one, too. The other one, they both played, I think, before. Okay. I think it, they're not friends because KP wants to be the star. And Luke is just so clearly better than him. And it's hard for him to accept that fact. Yeah, like on, on the Knicks, he was he was the guy. He was the unicorn. They lost, but he was he was really good. And I, I think he knows, like, not that he knows, but he knows that uh, he's going to have to stay on the perimeter and be a stretch five, like, if he wants that that next big contract. He just has to stay healthy and actually contribute to wins. Uh, side note, he will not get a next big contract. He is actively bad at basketball. You, you know what? Speaking of that, you just made me remember something. Remember when Oladipo got offered an extension by, by uh, Houston and he said no? Two years, forty million, right? Forty-four million. Yeah. What do you think he's gonna get now that he can't play until like October? If that, Miami, I don't even know. I don't know if he's even playing next year. Will Miami give him some money just because they traded for him? Not what Houston offered. Yeah, it was a it was a mistake. Oladipo was not uh, smart in his basketball business. If you were constantly hurt, take as much money as you can whenever they offer to you. That's what AD did. And then demanded out of town like a team killing scumbag that he is. No, I mean, even with the Lakers, like he, he took the 190 because he was like, who am I to really be, you know, kind of just really flying low to the sun here, flying close to the sun, sorry, and not taking his money. If I get hurt, I'm screwed. Like Oladipo's screwed. Uh, who was Portland's Brandon Roy? Like his career was over after six years, basically. Like if you're constantly injured, take as much money as you can. And then it's the team's fault. It's their fault. They got to pay you. I would do that every time. I don't fault Kevin Love for taking the money. I don't fault any of these guys for taking the money. Chris Bosh got paid a bunch of money and then was forced to retire. Like, I want these guys to make as much money from these greedy owners as humanly possible. I love it when these guys are these owners off. It's a beautiful thing to me. Hey, I agree with you, man. I think if someone puts that money in front of you, it would be idiotic to turn it down. You know, just take it. Um, but when you turn down the money in hopes that you're going to get a bigger contract, just know that that's a huge gamble. For sure. Okay, let's talk about some actual basketball that's been played now. The Brooklyn Nets are playing tonight against Milwaukee. They won game one in, I think, a pretty dominating fashion, 115-107, but it didn't feel that close. Milwaukee was never really in it to me. James Harden was hurt almost immediately. He has been ruled out of game two with a hamstring injury. Webb and I both thought Brooklyn would win this series. After watching game one, I still think Brooklyn's going to win this series. I think Harden could sit the whole time, and they're still the better team. Kevin Durant and Kyrie are just unstoppable. It's too They're too good. Yeah, if Harden wasn't in it, I'd probably take Brooklyn in seven. But even with Harden, I think I took them in six. It might not even get to that. I I think Milwaukee gave them a little bit of a fight in in the first quarter or so, but Kyrie and and KD went off. Joe Harris had a good game. Um, Blake Griffin had a really good game. What the hell? I was shocked. 
Blake Griffin was playing defense and like fighting for balls. Like he was into yeah. it, which I have been Blake's biggest fan for a long time. And I'm pretty sure you laughed at me when I said he would help Brooklyn. And I was correct because I'm a genius. I'm a basketball genius, Web. I saw this coming when he couldn't dunk for two and a half years in Detroit. <laughs> I knew this. I knew this was coming. It only took him a couple months to get acclimated to Brooklyn's system. He's been there for a while, and he had his best game uh, in a while. So good for him. Stepped up. So a lot of people think Brooklyn are the villains. I'm rooting for them, and I like. I like Kevin Durant a lot. I love Blake. I don't really care about Milwaukee like one way or the other, but I think Brooklyn is just fun to watch play right now. Like they're a big market team. Other team that like people care about is the Lakers and they just were so pathetic, right? They're gone. So Brooklyn's the biggest star team left, which makes the league fun. Not even going to dignify that with a response, at least not the Laker job, but Brooklyn Coop. Didn't I say it when they got Harden? They punch a ticket to the finals. This is it. I mean, barring injury to KD or Kyrie, they're already in the East finals. And I said that this would not work because three of them could not play well together. And what game one showed me was that I was correct because two of them played and they dominated. <laughs> okay. A little loophole. All right. Take it any way I can get it. <laughs> Too good, man. KD's to me, still the best player in the league. Uh Unstoppable mid-range, although it, it, he struggled with it a little bit in game one. He's just amazing. He's amazing. Great player. I think Brooklyn dominates the series. I think I think you said it might be over in less than six. I could see that. So there is another series that happened in the East. Game one, Atlanta went on the road to beat the Philadelphia 76ers. I predicted Atlanta to win because I thought Joel Embiid would not play. Joel Embiid played. Had 39 on a tour meniscus. Was not enough. Atlanta destroyed Philly. This game, I thought was over. Like the second quarter. They were up by like 25, 30 points. I kind of turned away from it for a little bit. Was doing some other stuff. Came back. And it was a real fight. It was a really fun ending. It was a crazy fourth quarter. Final score. Sorry. It was 128-124 for Atlanta. Joel Embiid scored 39. And they still lost though. I think Atlanta might be the better team. I think the East Atlanta Santa is, besides Devin Booker, he's the best player in basketball. Trey Young, 25 points at the half. And not even like a gunner ball hog, 25 points. He had, I think, seven or eight assists at the half. Fantastic player. Box office. I love this guy. He's a superstar in the making. I love everything Trey does. I love the size. I love how he kills that. I love the unstoppable floater. I love how he can shoot from the logo, basically like Dame. He's such an unassuming basketball player. He's listed as 6'1". I don't think he's even that tall. He might be a buck 60. He looks like a bad accountant. Like, you're like, I don't know if I trust you with my money, Trey Young, but all right, you got a, you got the certificate. You can do it. Regardless, <laughs> he's a hooper. I still think Philly wins this series, but this is one of the reasons why I never thought Philly was going to go to the finals is because it's Joel Embiid and the next best player is Tobias Harris, who is a good player, but I don't think he should be your second best player. Tobias Harris was also on my list of trades for Kristaps Porzingis. I thought Philly would not do that, so I, I took him off the list. Yeah. I, I like Tobias Harris, but where is this offense going to come from? And especially the outside shooting of Atlanta. I don't think that holds up the entire time. I think Doc Rivers is going to really try and, like, yeah, Danny Green on, on Trey. Um, 
it's going to be interesting to see who, you know, they put on Trey because Trey started off very hot. They have to stop that. They were blowing these guys out. It was 91-69 at one point. And I was just not that interested in the game. I still kept it on just to see, you know, what would happen. And they let up. And then Philly started getting hot. They started being able to shoot the three. They they got some fouls, some and ones, and it was just it was ridiculous. They they climbed back in it. They almost won the game. So it was ridiculous they let them back in. But I think so Joel and B has a torn meniscus. That didn't get better. It's still torn. I think if Atlanta is winning 3-1 or 2-1, and Bede might realize he's gonna get blamed for this and take some time off for that torn meniscus, so it's not his fault they lost the series. I could definitely see that happening. Be like, hey, I was hurt. What do you want me to do? I scored 39 in game one, and it wasn't enough. It's the team's fault, not me. But I just, I don't know where the offense is going to come from. Ben Simmons had 17 on seven of seven field goals, which means he's only doing layups and dunks. If your number two player cannot shoot from eight feet, you have an issue. And Philly has a gigantic issue against a, t- a high-scoring offense like this. Yep. Are you finally going to give Trey his praise if he knocks out the team that you thought was going to go to the finals and Embiid plays every game? If Trey Young wins a series against a severely depleted Joel Embiid, I will give him cre- credit for being a team that is very injured and killing the New York Knicks, who are bad. For sure, he gets a lot of credit. You are the worst person. You've been on Trey Young and how you don't you don't think he's that good. This and that. He's been killing it. He's been he he's he's the guy. He's box office man. Watch this guy. It's only his third year, killing it. I never said Trey Young was bad. I said Trey Young is not the best player on a title team, and I still believe that the Atlanta Hawks will not win the title with Trey Young as their best player. It's not going to happen. Neither will the 76ers with Joel Embiid as their best player. <laughs> I think it's I think Philly's chances are better than. Than Atlanta's chances. If everyone's healthy on Philly, they're a better team than Atlanta. And Bede's a more dominant player. He was your MVP this year. Yeah. Because you hate Jokic for some reason that we'll get into in therapy or something. <laughs> I still think Philly wins this series. I just think you can't you can't count Trey out, man. He's a real threat. He's a real threat to be mistaken at a lens crafter for an employee there. Yeah, I agree hundred percent. I love Trey. He, the more you hate on Trey, the more he, the, the better he gets. Santa's coming to town, man. Uh, the thing is that I start hating players just because of you. Like for no, like Trey's done nothing to me. I like Trey Young. He's fun to watch play basketball. I just like to take positions that are different than yours. It's more fun. It's way more fun for me to be anti Trey Young. So yeah, screw yeah. him. I don't care. That's a Knicks fan said in. Where are they now? Okay, so Webb, you think Trey Young is? You said Trey Young wasn't a top fifteen player though last week. What, what's changed for you? I still don't think he's a top fifteen player. You think, think the East Atlanta Santa isn't a top fifteen player? No, I don't think he's a top fifteen player. It's fifteen guys I definitely take over Trey Young, but I think he's fantastic. Maybe I put him top twenty. Maybe towards the end. Maybe I'm not sure. After I have to do my count, but. Uh, I think he's definitely in the top 25 for sure. He's a great player. Okay. I mean, he had 25 in the first half and then only 10 the rest of the game. That means he struggled in the fourth quarter. Isn't that what you think is terrible of players? He's choked in the fourth quarter? That's the Luca special. But, um, yeah, Trey has done it in two games in this playoffs where he had a really, really good 
start, and then the second half he fizzled. That makes sense because Trey Young is a C minus Luka Doncic. That makes sense. You're right. Copy's been every possible. Well, Trey Young is already he already has more wins than Luka. No, sorry. In two years, Luka has the same amount of playoff wins that Trey Trey Young does. That's all right though. That trip They've been Trae in the league for three years. Trey Young's in the second round. What do you want him to do? Where's Luca? Luca is at home because Chris Taps is garbage. <laughs> and your your uh, sixth man of the year, future MVP Tim Hardaway Jr. shot <laughs> one for nine from three. Chris Taps <laughs> zero for five for three. He's all he's third team All NBA guys on Web's mind. Did yeah, not right. show up. That's why they're at home. Luca, you know, I should I shouldn't really be on Luca because he he got more wins this year than he did last year. I thought he stopped at two wins in a playoff series, but he got three this time. So shout out to Luca for not stopping at two. Isn't being petty just way more fun? It's way more yeah. fun. Yeah. Good for you, Luca. Get to number four next year. You're just ascending each year. So good job. Yeah, before, by the time you retire, so that title. It's good times. Yeah. Okay, so there is some news in Green Bay Web. Aaron Rodgers is going to skip mandatory minicamp. He did not go to the voluntary stuff. He has now told the team he will not show up to this. Green Bay could fine him $93,000 or it could make it an excused absence and waive the fine. Something I thought they weren't allowed to do now with the new CBA. I thought they had to fine him, but that's a nice touch. Do you think they waive the fine? Or do you think Aaron Rodgers shows up eventually? Uh, Yeah, I think they waive the fine. Because I think if you... Take the money away from him. Uh, it's just not a good look. And at least it shows that you're still committed to having him come and, you know, bargain and come back to the table with, with on better terms. So I think they waive the fine if they have that option to do so. Not going to help him if you're fining him $100,000. So I think they do it. So Mark Murphy, the team's president and de facto owner, kind of, gave an interview last week where I think he realized how big a mistake Green Bay made. He said, uh, from the emails I've gotten from the fans, the fans are really split on what we're doing with Aaron right now, which tells me the fans aren't split. They are furious at you for what you're doing to Aaron Rodgers. And you know you made a mistake. I think this situation is untenable. I don't think Aaron Rodgers plays in Green Bay this year. If he's skipping this, why wouldn't he show up to, why would he show up to other things? He doesn't want a new, I think it's broken. I think it's broken. I think Mark Murphy knows it's broken. And I think the fans blame him now. And he's trying to fix that. He sees that they made a mistake. And the fans are blaming him. Usually the fans in the NFL blame the player. This guy is greedy. He wants too much money. They don't really come for the team for some reason. This time they're coming for the team. Which I really enjoy. Yeah, it was interesting that he did that. He posted it on the Packers website. I think it was like a newsletter or something. Some sort of... Something that the, he was doing to address the team and, or the fans, sorry. And yeah, I, I don't know what's going on with these Packers. Like they couldn't seriously be that prideful, the organization that they're going to part with Aaron Rodgers. I think Aaron Rodgers is that petty. Me and Webb have, have, have demonstrated how much fun being petty is. It's the most fun. Rodgers is having a great time right now. I just, I don't think he's coming back. I really don't. Unless these guys go. I don't think I don't think he comes back. I think it's over there. I think he comes back. I think another encouraging thing was there were some talks that uh, 
the receivers were potentially not going to show up as well. And it seems as though it looks like they're going to show up or they're in town. At least that's what the reports say. So that was encouraging as well. I still think Aaron Rodgers plays for the Packers next year. And uh, I'm going to stay consistent with that until I hear that he, he is going to request to be traded to a, a team. I'm going to stick to that. And Webb, some news just came in. Tom Thibodeau won NBA Coach of the Year. Something we both predicted. Yeah, it's good. Oh. Deserving. Now I think Nate McMillan might have got ripped off, by the way. He he was. I don't think they were going to consider him because he came like sort of not halfway into the year, but uh, partially into the year. And they weren't going to factor in playoff success anyway, even though he had a much better record than um, Floyd Pierce did. I think the New York Knicks being in the playoffs uh, for the first time in, I don't know, seven years or eight years or whatever it was, uh, was going to stick in the voters' minds more. I agree. And also, really quickly, uh, Daryl Morey of the 76ers was fined $75,000 for tampering, for telling, for commenting on a Steph Curry post about his brother to join him in Philadelphia. Just a little news there. Interesting. I do not care about it at all. I don't care either. That's that's such a. I don't know. I don't see. I I know the tampering rules are very broad, and people get fined and you know reprimanded for things that you wouldn't even think are, is tampering or would even influence a player or whatever or give a team an advantage. But whatever. Also, it's not like they have a chance to get them. Like, there's no way to. It's so ridiculous. Like it was. The league is so stupid how they react to some things and then how they I wish there was one rule. I don't get why Seth Curry can tell Steph Curry to come, but Daryl can't say the same thing. It's a ridiculous rule. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Like players openly campaign and try to recruit players during the year. Draymond called KD as soon as the game was over at the loss. Like he called him from the parking lot. Like it happens. Who cares? Tampering is just a thing now. It happens. Yeah, I don't. Uh, yeah, it's ridiculous. Would be Especially interesting if, news though if 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 Steph was were to consider going to Philly. If Steph said he wanted out tomorrow, would Golden State do him for Ben Simmons? I think no, no. I think they they did grovel and try to make sure that Steph uh, stays. But let's say Steph absolutely said, "I'm never returning." Yeah, I guess they'd have to just to not lose him for anything. Sorry to get that sort of deal because I don't know how many years Steph has left on his contract. Steph is the highest played player in basketball next season at $45 million. This is last year. It is last year? Yeah. Free agent in 2022. So him for Ben Simmons makes some sense. Maybe they will. Maybe Maury's a genius. Maybe. Okay. Steph obviously is not going to leave Golden State. But I'm saying this today. I don't know what the hell is going to change. I don't know his mindset. No, he's a lifer there. He is. Players have more legacy when they stay with one team. For sure. Kobe. Dirk, those are the last two guys that did it, really. Dwayne Wade, too, sorry. Duncan. Like, yeah, like they're, they're more respected around the league. Their fans remember them more fondly. Even if you don't win, if you stay there forever, fans remember you well. It's oh, yeah. better to do that. Reggie Miller? Never won. He's still got in Indiana. But then sure. you, see, you see someone like LeBron, who's played for three teams. Who does he retire with when he retires? I mean, I, I imagine it's the Lakers, but like three teams could really. Pat Riley put out a statement the other day that if LeBron wants to go back to Miami, he'd have like a shiny pair of keys under the mat 
for him. I think it's still Cleveland. I think he retires in Akron. Yeah. I just think because he won the title there, came back his hometown, kind of. I think that's where he, and that's where the Hall of Fame plaque will say first. Yeah. It's where he built his legacy, right? So. But I'm just saying there's still a, you know, debate around it. You know what I mean? Like, Steph, it's unquestioned. Yeah. He's a top 20 basketball player all time. He's the best shooter ever. He he has earned his legacy with Golden State. He's a god in the Bay. Why would he ever want to leave? It doesn't make sense. Yeah, no, I agree. Especially to go to Philly. It's more likely Seth would join Steph than Steph would go there. That's more likely. For sure. But imagine that though, like if I just I just like the, I just like the rumors, the headlines. Literally 29 teams would try to get Steph Curry if he were if he wasn't going to sign resign with Golden State. Or if he said I want to test free agency for example. Yes. And if Steph is bad next year, which I'm not saying he will, Golden State will still extend him for the max. They'll oh, yeah. give him the legacy deal. Like, why would he ever want to leave? He has an amazing house there. Like, he, he gets all that Silicon Valley money where he invests. Like, that's a genius move for him. Stay there. Yeah. I wouldn't leave either if I were him, but... I, I love Steph, man. He's so much fun to watch. He is. Okay, Webb, there is one more series we need to get to. Before we end this show, the Phoenix Suns are playing the Denver Nuggets. Phoenix is at home. They were the two seed with the NBA's best player, Devin Booker. Even though Nikola Jokic is allegedly going to win the MVP, which he doesn't deserve because Devin Booker should have got it. Well, what is your prediction for this series? I'd be very shocked if Denver won this series. I have Phoenix in... Six. I would be shocked if Denver won as well. I have also I also have Phoenix in six. I just think they're the better team. If Jamal Murray was playing, I might have leaned Denver, but I just think Phoenix, they have so much shooting. Michael Porter Jr. to me is so up and down night to night. He's not reliable enough as a number two right now. Jokic could have a Doncic-like series and they could still lose. Yep. So I think that's likely to happen. Yeah, their third Denver's third player is Aaron Gordon slash Austin Rivers. Not good. I would trade everything in the world for Aaron Gordon for Chris Stapps tomorrow. I would do that deal in a heartbeat. <laughs> I would kill for Aaron Gordon and Monty Morris and Austin Rivers to be the Dallas third, fourth, and fifth man. I would kill somebody for that. That would be better, for sure. It really would, right? I like Monty Morris. He was like killing... Morris. In game seven, he was draining buckets. Sorry, game yeah. six. Like I don't think he, I think he had eighteen. He was like six for six for three or something. He was dumb. I couldn't believe it. He is so streaky and really fun. When and Jamal that, Murray was hurt two years ago, I think he played really well for for Denver. Yeah, and uh, Beasley, and you know what a bad loss for Portland. What a bad loss in that game six. That was bad. They were up one hundred eight, one hundred two, and Denver two minutes won. left. Yeah, it was bad. How the hell did you do that? I watched it, and I don't know how they did it. It was really crazy. I Dame is so good, and I just want better for him, man. Like, Denver had no business winning that game. I think uh-huh. Michael Porter hit an open three, and then Monty Morris hit a layup or something. Yeah, it was crazy. It was, it was a really fun game, though. It was a great game. Everyone scored. And, you know, sadly enough, if, if Dame's hit getting you 50, you're probably going to lose with Portland. I love Dame, but, like, he needs to get some pressure relieved off him. Like it's really sad. It is. Uh Phoenix against Denver. 
I'm not sure how DeAndre Ayton does against Jokic. He was really good against Anthony Davis when he defended him when he was there. I think Jokic is a different kind of player. Doesn't really play close to the basket like that. I think DeAndre Ayton could have a tough series this time. I think he played really well. I think this is a we're in for rude awakening for DeAndre Ayton this series. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be shutting down uh, Jokic because if he shuts down Jokic, I think Denver scores like 75 points per game. Um, I just think that Phoenix is too deep. Denver can shoot the ball from outside, but not at the same clip that Phoenix can. And Devin Booker just from end to end literally can go off. Chris Paul's still there, although he did not have a good series at all against the Lakers. But the fact that he's there, um, huge boon to the to the Suns. I don't think it, Chris Paul's going to fake an injury this series, though, like he did against the Lakers. I think he'll be healthy for this one. And Chris Paul wants to go to the Western Conference Finals, so uh, yeah, he's he's going to try and play the whole thing out. It'd be a really fun series. I would not be surprised if Denver won, but I think Phoenix is just a better team. Devin Booker's playing out of his mind. Jay Crowder, if he can hit shots. Although, maybe then uh, Phoenix thinks they already won. They beat the Lakers. Could they have like, plateaued? Is that possible? I can't see Denver beating them. It's a one-man show in Denver. And Phoenix has a really good team. Uh, you know, campaign has been great. Um, Jay Crowder, as you mentioned. Um, Cam Johnson, also been good. So, and not to mention Booker, who I think is fantastic. Booker is not going to go away. I think Booker is going to average like 30 for this series. Best player in basketball for sure. Yeah, I agree. Petty person. Let me ask you a question really quick before we, we're going to end the show, but how much did it hurt you that you talked up Devin Booker for so long? Got this argument with me about that to then see him stick the dagger in your team. Did, did, did you regret talking him up so much? Because this podcast gave him the confidence to do that, to slay the dragon? Oh, it was terrible. I hated it. I hated it. He just couldn't be stopped. He outscored the Lakers. Still think he's top 15 player. Um, he's a fantastic player. And he's only 24 years old. That's the scary part. I just want you to know this loss is on your shoulders. You gave, You personally gave Devin Booker the confidence to beat the great LeBron James in the playoffs. It's your fault. So everyone, please go subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcast. We really appreciate it. Please follow us on social media. We're on Twitter at Rookie Phenoms, Facebook, Instagram, Verbal. Go any we're everywhere. We're like the Beatles in 65. I don't understand that reference. That's why I made it. <laughs> everyone. Uh we really hope you enjoyed the show. We'll be back on Thursday, breaking down the NBA playoffs. And I'm sure we'll talk some Aaron Rodgers disrupting Packers minicamp. We have anything to say before we get out of here about the tragic Lakers season. We'll be back next year. Sorry, we're out of time. Uh, sorry to do that to you, but we're out of time. Tough break there, buddy. Almost had you, but... Tough break. We got to go. You know, podcasts have time limits. Sorry. You're a terrible person. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Have a great night. We out. I love you, Lakers.